you have your Bible with you this morning, your New Testament, you can turn to the Gospel of John chapter 1. John chapter 1 is uh, where we will be here in just a moment. Appreciate the uh, songs that our brother Gavin has led us in uh, this morning as we have thought about our Lord and Savior, our Messiah, our King, Jesus the Christ. That's what our study will be uh, centered around this morning in this session. In the Wednesday night adult class in the back classroom, we are currently uh, discussing the idea, the topic of growing together in evangelism. And I know that uh, quite a few of you are in that particular class. Uh, four of us men are, are kind of team teaching that class this quarter and thinking about maybe some topics related to uh, the concept of evangelism, th- some things that perhaps we don't uh, always preach on or always don't uh, study in a class setting. So my mind for the last number of months has been on evangelism. And since that's where my mind is currently, we're going to focus on that a little bit this morning. And to help us to do that, we want to look here at John chapter 1 to look at three pictures that Jesus gives us in this opening chapter of his gospel. They are three pictures I'm suggesting to you this morning of disciples that were pointing people to Jesus. And as we look at those three pictures this morning here in John chapter 1, I hope that those uh, accounts will motivate us, that they will instruct us, that they will challenge us, but also I hope that they will encourage us to do the same that those disciples Uh, in the first century did. Sometimes evangelism can be a, uh, it can be an exciting thing for us to think about. It can be an exciting thing for us to be involved in, but at the same time, it can be kind of a challenging thing. It can be a scary thing uh, to think about. We have to go and teach the gospel of Christ to people who are not followers of Jesus Christ. It can kind of be a, a daunting task, I think, for us. But I hope that's not the case when we end here in a little while this morning. I hope that you are better equipped and you are motivated and you are encouraged to be involved in that process of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, sowing the good seed. So as we look at these three pictures of people who pointed others to Jesus to think about yourself and we'll make some applications as we go along. The first picture that we want to consider this morning is found in verses 29 through 39 here in John chapter 1. And we'll think about not John the Apostle, but John the Baptizer and the message that he gave, Behold the Lamb of God. So you can read along with me there in John chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. Verse 29. Uh, beginning. The text says to us, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came uh, baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, 
He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. I think it's good as, as we think about the section we have just read here to uh, go back. We're not going to take the time this morning to back up in the text and to read all of that, but at least in your mind, or you can look there at your Bible, go back all the way to verse 19. Because John, as we just introduced there or began at verse 29, he says to us the next day, uh, so the background to the events of the next day that we have just read is the conversation between John the baptizer and the priest and the Levites. And that conversation is recorded for us there in verses 19 through 28. Uh, notice there, I think there are really two basic questions that these who have been sent from the city of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, two basic questions that they were asking of John the Baptist. The first question is there in verse 19. It's basically the question, who are you? Uh, this is the testimony back in verse 19 of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And the second question there at verse 25, uh, John the apostle says, if they asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? So two questions, who are you and why are you baptizing? And I would suggest to you that both of those questions that the priests and the Levites were asking of John the Baptist, they were both uh, connected to uh, his identity and his work. They were wanting to know, who is this man? If you are not the Messiah that's been promised for hundreds and thousands of years, who are you? If you're not Elijah, if you're not one of the other prophets of old, who are you? And, and what are you doing? What, what is your work here on earth? So let's think about those two questions for just a moment. Who was John the Baptist? Well, again, we have to back up in the text from where we read this morning. We have to go back to the section before uh, beginning at verse 29. Back to verse 20, John says, as he was asked this question, who are you? He says, I am not the Christ, as John the Apostle records it there. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. You go back even further in the text when John the Apostle writing here, as we know he introduces his gospel by telling us who Jesus is, that he is the Word. He is the eternal Word. He was with God and he is God. Uh, but then he begins there at verse 8, or rather verse 6. He says, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. And he says about John, John the Apostle says about John the Baptizer in verse 8, that he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. So John himself said in verse 20, he's not the Christ. John the Apostle said about John the Baptizer in verse 8, he is not the light. But both of the Johns that are mentioned here in chapter 1 said that he was connected to the light. He was connected to the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. Well, the second question, what was his work? 
Uh, John the Apostle said that John the Baptist came to testify about the light, verses 7 and 8. John the Baptist said about himself that he came to be a voice for the Lord. He came to prepare the way for people to receive Jesus as the Christ. Basically, if you look there, especially at verses 23, 26, and 27, as he is answering this question of who is he and what is his work, why is he baptizing, basically John the Baptist said, I came to point people to Jesus. I didn't come to point people to myself. I came to point people to the one who is the Christ. And so having set all of that as a background for the section that we just read a few moments ago, it should come as no surprise that as John sees Jesus walking toward him, that he says to two of his disciples, behold, you need to focus your eyes, you need to focus your mind on him. Don't look at me anymore. You need to look at him. Behold the Lamb of God. You know, had John's mission been to point people to himself, he would not have spoken those words that are recorded for us there in verse 29 and again at verse 36. But because he understood his mission very well, that his mission was very simple, very plain, very straightforward. It was to point people in his day to Jesus, including his own followers, as you notice we just read here in 29 through 39. He's telling two of those who are... His disciples, those who have been following Him for a while, He's telling them, you again need to look at this man because He is the Lamb of God. I want you to consider for just a moment that, that phrase, behold the Lamb of God that I have here on, on the screen. Consider what He was telling these two disciples. He said to them again, behold. I want you to look at Him. I want you to focus on Him and not me. I want you to follow Him and not follow me. Behold the Lamb of God. Being Jews, these two disciples would have associated, I believe, a lamb with sacrifice. They would have known all about that even better than perhaps we do today. And as John had stated earlier back in verse 29, this lamb would not just be an ordinary lamb. This lamb would be God's lamb and this lamb would take away the sin of the world. So putting this very powerful statement together that John the Baptist was speaking here, the two disciples, I think, would have come to the conclusion that John wanted them to come to, and that is this, that Jesus was the promised Messiah, the promised Savior. He was the one that they needed to follow, which, as we just read here in verse 37, after John told specifically his two disciples, Behold the Lamb of God, the two disciples, John the Apostle says, verse 37, they heard him speak, John speak, and they followed Jesus. So what's the application for us? Well, as we are out here as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a mission. We have work to do in our world. And so as we are out in the world, as we are sowing the seed, we must not point people to ourselves, whether that's pointing people to us individually, whether that's pointing people to us collectively as God's people, because we are not Jesus the Christ. John realized about himself, yes, he, he had a very important mission, didn't he? He was to prepare the way for people to receive Jesus as the Messiah. His work that he did was very important. The message that he preached was very important. As he was baptizing people, that was important that they realized, hopefully, that, they, that that was God's purpose for them. We read, I think it's in the Gospel of Luke, if I remember correctly, maybe chapter 7, that there were some of the religious leaders 
who rejected the baptism of John. And, and the writer tells us they were rejecting God's purpose for their life. That was in effect during his time of preaching. He had a very important mission to do, but he realized, I'm not the Lamb of God. And we are not either, brothers and sisters. We cannot take away the sin of the world, much less our own sin or that of any other person. And so, instead of trying to point people to ourselves, we need to be about the business of pointing people to Jesus Christ. Because compared to who Jesus is and what Jesus does... Who we are and what we do is really not significant. And I have here on the screen, it only takes, it only becomes significant in as much as it connects us to Christ and it helps point people that we are trying to influence, that we are trying to bring to Christ. It points them to Jesus the Christ. That's why I think John the Baptist, his work and his baptism was only significant, his identity was only significant to the extent that it was pointing people to see the Lamb of God. And so when we tell someone that we are Christians only, and I hope that's what we tell people when, we, when they ask us you know, about our faith or about our religion or our beliefs, that we tell people that we are Christians only, we have no denominational ties. When we show someone what they must do to be saved from the Scriptures, hopefully we are stressing what the scriptures say about those things, we are pointing them to the gospel. We are pointing them to Jesus. When we talk to people about the importance of authority, doing the Lord's work in the Lord's way, hopefully it's not because of just our conclusions that we have come to and we're not just trying to give people our faith, but we're trying to point them to the faith. And we're trying to show them Jesus and the authority that Jesus has in our life and the instructions that He has given us in His Word that we're taking the emphasis and the focus off of ourselves and we're putting it on Jesus. And hopefully when we do all of that, when we have conversations with people about spiritual, biblical things, hopefully we are like John the Baptist in this regard. We are doing all that with the intent of pointing them to Jesus and not pointing them to ourselves. So I think some great applications for us to think about here in this first picture. The second picture continues on in this text, and we read about a man named Andrew. So let's begin uh, reading there at verse 40 and read down through verse 42. Uh, John the Apostle goes on to tell us that one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Well, John the Apostle again informs us at this point that one of those two disciples that we read about in the earlier section who heard John the Baptizer say these words, Behold the Lamb of God and follow Jesus. One of those men was Andrew. I don't know about you, but from the way that the text reads here, and I, I can't prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt, but at least it seems to me the way that I'm reading this text, it just seems to indicate to me that kind of the first order of business for Andrew, this new follower, this new disciple of Jesus Christ, was to find someone else that he could tell. 
that he had found the Messiah. He, he had come to the conclusion on his own as he looked at the evidence, as he had spent some time with Jesus, as Jesus had invited Andrew and this other disciple of John there, back there in verse 39, you just come and you will see. Come and spend a few hours with me and just examine the evidence for yourself and see if I'm really not the Christ, the Lamb of God. And Andrew had done that and he had come to the conclusion that Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was the Christ. He is the Messiah. And it seems like Andrew is just so excited about finding Jesus, the one who has been prophesied about for hundreds and thousands of years, that he can't wait to tell someone else. And so John the Apostle says to us here, uh, after he had followed Jesus Christ back in verse 40, that he found first... Andrew found first his brother Peter and said to his brother, we have found the Messiah. Well, being a Jew, surely Simon Peter knew the scriptures that spoke of a, a future Messiah coming to save his people. And therefore, Andrew, his brother, Peter's brother, wanted his brother to find the Messiah too, just like he had. So Andrew not only told Peter that he and this other disciple of John had found the Messiah, but notice what John the Apostle tells us here. After telling his brother, we have found the Messiah, verse 42, it says that he brought him, Peter, to Jesus. Andrew wasn't just telling him what he had found, that the, the belief, the faith that he had come to as Jesus as the Messiah of God he was bringing his brother to Jesus so that Peter, too, he could examine the evidence for himself. He could talk with Jesus himself. He could come to the conclusion that Andrew came to, and he could see the Lamb of God, the Messiah, for himself. So, it's kind of like we talked about in the first picture here. Andrew is not trying to point Peter to himself, <laughs> Andrew is not trying to point Peter to his own faith in Jesus Christ. He is taking him to Jesus himself so that he can see for himself. So what's the application for us? As we are out in our world sowing the good seed of the gospel of Christ, again, we must be people like Andrew who are pointing others to Jesus. And not only just telling them, that we have found the promised Messiah of God, but bringing them to Him so that they can see Him for themselves. And you might be thinking, well, that was kind of easy for Andrew to do, right? <laughs> I mean, Jesus was alive here on earth. He was walking around. Andrew had just talked with Him. Andrew had spent some time with Him. But he's gone back to heaven. He is, he is sitting at the Father's right hand. He is reigning over heaven and earth at this particular point. So how are we supposed to do that today? Because we can't do it in the same way, obviously, that Andrew did. However, I would suggest to you that we can tell someone that we have found the Christ in the Scriptures. And we can bring them to the Scriptures, the Word of God, so that they too can find Him. That, that's one thing that I have tried to do in studies that I have had with people who are not Christians. Uh, I, I know that in a sense, if you think about uh, like uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8... You know, that, that man, that eunuch, was obviously a religious man. He obviously uh, wanted to know or, or was a worshiper of God. He wanted to know more about God. As he was reading from Isaiah chapter 53, he is, begins to ask 
Philip some questions. Who, who is being talked about? Who is being discussed here in this chapter? And Philip was able to sit down with him, uh, Luke says, and beginning at that scripture, preach Jesus to him. He needed some help. And a lot of people today need help, especially in our current culture that people are just, uh, I mean, by and large, biblically illiterate. <laughs> and uh, they, they need some guidance. They need some direction. They need some help. So I'm not saying that we just totally check out of the process of helping them to come to find out who Jesus is. But at the same time, I try not to insert myself in that discussion as much as possible. I want someone who I'm studying with to read the scripture for themselves. If they have a question about that, if they need a, a, a deeper understanding of that, about that, I'll try to guide them. But even in that, I probably won't tell them the answer. I'll just say, well, go look at this scripture. And get them to think about what the Bible is saying because the, the reality is if they just believe what I am saying and it's really not their own faith, does it matter if, if I immerse them in water? I mean, if they haven't truly come to their own faith, if they haven't examined the evidence for themselves, then they're not going to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. So I would encourage us as we talk to people to try to do the same thing. Uh, there are going to obviously be some, some challenging, difficult passages that we get into as we study with people, if that study goes for very long. And there may be some questions that maybe we don't feel qualified to, to deal with or to answer. That's fine. We have each other uh, to help us with that. But as much as is possible, we need to kind of move ourselves out of the way. And we need to be pointing people to Jesus Christ. I, I remember... Uh, some of the old, older preachers uh, when I was uh, a little boy and even generations before I was here uh, making the statement about good preachers, you know, would, would hide behind the cross of Christ. <laughs> and that's really what all of us need to do is we need to let Jesus shine forth and we need to just be a messenger to proclaim his good news. Well, the third picture I want us to look at here in John chapter one is that of Philip. So let's pick up the reading again uh, at verse 43. John chapter 1 at verse 43, John says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus the son of Nazareth, the son, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, like Andrew that we just discussed, Philip was a new follower of Jesus Christ. Also like Andrew, Philip found another person to tell this good news that we have found him of whom uh, the Messiah that Moses and the prophets wrote of. And he is Jesus of Nazareth. He is the son of Joseph. He is giving testimony. He is giving evidence. Uh, again, Philip had come to the conclusion as he had examined the evidence for himself that Jesus truly was the Christ, the son of God, that he fulfilled all the scriptures perfectly, all those prophecies that were spoken about 
uh, in the Law and the Prophets. What do we know about Nathaniel? Well, from what the text tells us that we just read here, Nathaniel was a very good man. Uh, Jesus said that he was an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. If Jesus said that about him, we can mark it down, can't we? Not a sinless man, but a very righteous man, a very holy man. But he was skeptical of Philip's claim that, that he and others had found the Messiah that had been long prophesied about. Because he was convinced that no good thing, much less the promised Messiah, the divine Son of God, could come from this little village of Nazareth. And so what did Philip do? Well, Philip did what John the baptizer did. And Philip did what Andrew did earlier in this text. And Philip pointed Nathaniel, this very good Jew, this very good man, to Jesus by inviting him and I think really issuing a challenge to him as he asked this question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He doesn't get into a long argument or discussion with him about Nazareth or any of that kind of thing, but he just says, come and see. A very simple invitation, but a very powerful invitation at the same time. And Nathaniel, to his credit, because I think he, he had the character that he had, because he was such a good man, he took Philip up on his offer. And he did come and see Jesus. And when he heard Jesus tell him things about himself that only God could know, he too... Notice the text says, he found him of whom Moses and the prophets wrote. He confessed that this man from Nazareth is the Son of God. He is the King of Israel. He is, in the words earlier that we looked at in this text, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Philip didn't get into a long theological discussion with him about the Messiah. <laughs> or about prophecy, about Nazareth, or Bethlehem, or any of those old prophecies. He just said, very simply, come and see. So as we are out here in the world, as again, we are trying to sow the seed of the gospel of Christ, I think we need to follow Philip's example here. We, we must be people who are inviting and challenging uh, everyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, including people who may be very skeptical. I mean, people who we... What we know about their life may be kind of like Nathaniel. They're, they're very good moral people. Maybe they even have an interest in God. Maybe they know some about the Scriptures. But they're kind of skeptical as we talk to them about Jesus being the Messiah, people who are doubting uh, the validity of that claim. But we need to invite them like Philip does here, Nathaniel, to just come and see Jesus for themselves in the Word. Again, we must not point people to ourselves by only pointing them to what we have found. Because what we have found in the Scripture about anything, much less what we have found about Jesus being the Christ, it, it may not be a complete picture of who Jesus is. We, we may not, there may be something very important about His identity that we haven't uh, come to that conclusion yet, or maybe we haven't delved into the depths of why He came to earth, or why He died, or what He demands of us as His disciples I'm not saying that, we're, that we have come to false conclusions, but maybe we just don't have the complete picture yet. And for all of us, especially when you, when you become a new follower, a new disciple of Jesus Christ, your, your knowledge of Him is going to be kind of basic. And as you grow in Him, you're, you're going to learn more things about Him. You're going to put more scriptures together and make more connections and have a complete 
fuller picture of who he is. And so, at least for myself, I don't want someone else, depending on what my conclusion is, I want them again to see in the scriptures for themselves and come to their own conclusion that Jesus really is the Messiah of God. So again, like we've been talking all morning, we must be individuals who are pointing people to Jesus. We must be like Philip, pleading for them to just come and see him as he truly is, because it's only at that point that they will come to know Jesus and to be, to be known by him. And that, that takes, we, we studied a couple of quarters uh, with the, uh, just the men and the women in split classes, and then last quarter, had a class in, in the back that Brother Cody taught on humility. That takes humility, doesn't it? John the Baptist had to have humility to say, I, I, I'm not he. I'm just pointing people to him. And, and Andrew had to have humility to say to his brother Peter, you, you need to come and see him. We, we have found him, but you need to come and see him yourself. And so it was for, for Philip and for Andrew as well. Although John, Andrew, and Philip obviously lived before uh, Jesus died, before he arose, before he started his church, I believe our purpose as Christians, as we are out in our world, as we are trying to influence people with the gospel of Christ, as we're out there sowing the good news, the good seed of Christ, that our purpose remains the same. And as I've tried to suggest to you this morning, it's just something very simple. It's at least simple for us to comprehend. Maybe it's not always easy for us to do, but our purpose ought to be very simple, and that is to point people to Jesus. So what about you if you are a Christian? Are you in the pointing business? Are, are you, have you made it your focus to point people to Jesus the Christ? He is the Lamb of God. He is the one who can take away the sin of the world. He is the one who can take away your sin and my sin and someone that we're trying to study with. He is the only one that can take away their sin. Something very, very simple for us to understand, maybe something that we often overlook. But I hope this lesson this morning has not in any way discouraged you because I think this is something that all of us can be involved in, all of us can do to some way, to some extent. So I hope you can think about those things. I don't want to take anybody away from Brother Skip's class on Wednesday night. Uh, I would be probably listening to that in Isaiah if I weren't in the back teaching some of those classes. Uh, but whether you're in that class or not, I hope that this will motivate you and encourage you that you, all of us, can be about the business of pointing other people, lost people, to Jesus the Christ. So think about those things. And uh, we'll be dismissed to our class.